Howdy folks, welcome back to Lords of Order, a DC Dr. Fate fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. First off, I do want to apologize. In the editing, it sounded like episode 43 was a bit hot. Uh, Hopefully this one won't uh, be picking up quite as intensely. If you want to send other feedback, you can send it to gmail at the Podcast at gmail.com. Comments can also be placed on the Lords of Order pages for Google Plus and Facebook. And the website the shows are attached to is bigtimenoise.com slash drfate. There's always a chance to leave comments there. Book up this episode is More Fun Comics, issue 71 from September 1941. This was scripted by Mr. Gardner Fox, penciled, inked, and apparently lettered by Mr. Howard Sherman. Also, if you uh, want to catch up on this and most, if not all, of these more fun comics, at least appearances of Dr. Fate, you can find that compiled in the Golden Age Dr. Fate archives that DC put out in 2007. And as we learned last episode, there may also be other sources for reprints that I am not accurately tracking down. That being the case, I apologize. All I can do is the best I can. And that's what I try to do. Now, uh, yet another issue of More Fun Comics where Dr. Fate has the cover. So I'm I'm digging that. We start out here with the narrator telling us Kent Nelson, who has learned the secrets of what the ancient world thought black magic but which are scientific laws so rare they are still unknown to mankind in general. Calls himself Dr. Fate. He goes forth to fight with his strange powers against evil and injustice. And we start off with a scene here in Arizona in the desert. We have a cowboy riding around on his horse, noticing that it's hot, just unmercifully hot. And then he continues on, and we find out that the sun has not moved from its position in the sky in hours. It is so hot now that the horse that he was riding on, which the cowboy refers to as a pony, has collapsed. He sees a nearby stream, or what used to be a stream. This morning, he says, when he passed it, it was running full uh, to overflowing, but now there is nothing. It's, it's It's a dry stream bed. Adding to this are other instances from Chicago, where just some uh, scientists are remarking about it, from a college in New York, where some astronomers are remarking, and from Washington, D.C., where a congressional committee has been called, and they too are remarking, all panels on the fact that either it's too hot and or the sun has not moved in far too long a period of time. Uh, The citizens, at least of the U.S., are starting to realize and recognize the implications of what is going on, and they are starting to amass and uh, press upon the government, shall we say, to change something, to fix things. Dr. Strange, in his lonely Salem Tower, has noticed also what is going on, and goes to a side room where there are delicate instruments that he has 
that has been handed down from the days of Atlantis. And we see a, uh, a globe, uh, but we also see a large compass. And Dr. Strange tells us, Always the needle swings to the southwest. There is some queer force that draws it in that direction. We cut to Inza, who's busy in the city working with children, and she's very concerned because the poor children, she says, are thirsty, and the reservoir is drying up, the reservoir being Crowell Reservoir. She goes to see Dr. Fate to implore him to help the children because they are being tortured by thirst, she indicates. Dr. Strange tells her this instrument has pointed steadily southwestward, and she counters, but fate, those children, and he replies, I'll fly southwest and find out, and she interrupts, no, no, first, you've got to help those children, please, you've got to, the cause can wait. So Dr. Fate um, has or summons, but he points to and says, yes, of course, these globes will set up an electric current forming clouds. And in the panel, as he and Enza standing and above them, two large spheres, each about the about man, man size in uh, radius, or uh, diameter, excuse me, not radius, diameter. And he tells her the clouds will form in the skies, and there will be so many of them that when they meet, rain will fall, as he's standing outside pointing up to the sky in kind of a heroic pose. Sure enough, it does rain. Uh, the city dwellers kneel in thanksgiving as the rains beat down. And then suddenly, a cry goes up. Look, the sun is sinking and our worries are over. The earth is moving once more, says someone from a crowd. Where Inza, maybe? No, it's not Inza. It's just another female that is, is shown there. Because Inza and Dr. Fate are on top of his tower on the outskirts of Salem, watching as the sun sets. Inza remarks, You've beaten it with the rain. Those globes did it. And he says, No. Dr. Fate replies, No, it, it couldn't be that. Uh, there must be another explanation. There has to be. Narrator tells us over a thousand miles away in a barren Arizona desert. So the cowboy, oddly enough, was very close to the cause of this. Unknowingly, of course. A man is standing on a a kind of a balcony, leaning on a metal rail overlooking some machinery. His fist in the air, my experiment has worked. I have made the earth stand still. The world refused the genius of Adam Igorovich, but it can it can't refuse it can refuse me no longer. Sorry, and then he calls for his assistant Nikolai. So his name is Igorovich, and his assistant's name is Nikolai. Now, in 1941, are they alluding to German Germany, or are they alluding to Russian names, or both? So the scientist Igorovich tells his lackey Nikolai. Prepare the wireless that I may speak with the rulers of the world. And he does. He makes his demands. And if you world rulers refuse to pay, I will sweep the earth out of its orbit. He finishes up. 
And every one we are told by the narrator from Arizona to Washington, through Turkey and across the Himalayas, to the Dalai Lama of mysterious Tibet goes the message. And I believe uh, we have um, Igorovich here, and then we have Washington, D.C. Then we have a representation that may well be the Dalai Lama, since that was captioned in the narration. Dr. Fate heard the message and is determined now to find the cause, so he scoops up Inza to take her with him. I don't understand that. I'd rather leave you here in safety, he says as he's flying off, and she says, I've found the safest place to be in time of danger is with you. And as as a uh, an uninterested third observer, I would have to say, no, that doesn't seem to be the case. He's always dragging her into a situation that seems more detrimental to her than if he had left her, particularly if he'd left her in his um, tower. You know, nobody can get in. She can't get out and hurt herself. Seems like the perfect place to be protected to me. But that's just me. All I hope is that we can find that power plant that's causing all this before the Earth is swung from its orbit, he responds as they're flying. The scientist and his sidekick have decided that uh, they, they haven't gotten any responses from any of the powers uh, of, of the Earth. And so Igorovich decides that this machine, he says that this machine attracts the sun. It's so powerful that it can also hold the Earth stationary. Its power can be increased so that the Earth can be pulled toward the sun. And he cranks it up and starts doing just that. So his machine is strong enough to hold the earth tethered in essence a certain distance from the sun but now he's cranked it up to where it'll reach out there and grab hold of the sun and reel the earth toward the sun uh, figuratively if not uh, substantively they fly over the mississippi river of course they started in salem they're going to arizona so that that makes sense they see that the river is going up in steam mississippi river is dissipating and as they're flying, it increases and increases. The heat does until Dr. Fate is forced to leave Inza, who has been rendered unconscious on top of a mountain, hoping that that would be the coolest spot in the increased temperature, knowing that the valleys would be hotter. Fate um, continues his journey. We then cut to Igorovich who is making another announcement to the rulers of the world. You did not believe me, did you, so-called world rulers? I will cause the Earth to return to its normal orbit. Now, after this, you will do as I say. So at this point, we have a meeting room. Um, doesn't really tell where it is, but politicians deciding to give in. Someone in perhaps India here deciding to give in and, and pay money also. And... Perhaps it looks like here, China. Inza has recovered because the heat has substantially let off. Dr. Strange, uh, excuse me, Dr. Fate picks her up, continues on the trip into the Arizona desert, southwest from, although I would say southwest from Salem would not be Arizona, but it is in the American southwest, perhaps, so... Sees this strange building, leave Inza, leaves Enza standing over there, you know, outside the building somewhere over there, and continues towards the building. 
and walks through the wall, is assaulted by a couple lackeys, quickly dispatches them, saying, I could blast all of you to bits, but I like a good fight as well as the next fellow. And he engages in fisticuffs to defeat the men. While this is going on, Orgorovich, elsewhere in the building, looks out and sees Inza over there, over there, where she was left. He goes out, invites her in, says, Dr. Fate is just talking to some associates of mine. Come in, you can wait inside here for him. Just as Inza and Agorovich get there to the room inside the building, Dr. Fate comes in also. As soon as he does, Agorovich runs over, turns on his machine, his gravity energy machine, whatever it is, directs it at Dr. Fate. And as Dr. Fate is pummeled by the uh, energy waves, he slowly, it says, fades away. Inza is beside herself. Igorovich is pleased with himself. But then Inza hears a whisper in her ear, says, do whatever he tells you. So she acquiesces to Igorovich's um, demands, I guess it was. I mean, he's not being particularly forceful, but he's, he's just, he's telling her that she's going to help. I guess the implied threat rather than overt. A covert, I guess it would be a covert threat, if that's possible. He tells Inza, Igorovich tells Inza, that he needs somebody that is intelligent to go around and collect all the monies that are going to be coming in, and he wants her to do that, so he sends her on her way. Fate appears as she is traveling back through the desert on the way to uh, parts unknown, but somewhere to collect money in a car, which presumably is Dr. Igorovich's. He tells her, I just merged the atoms of my body with the power that passed through me and became invisible. He directs her, Dr. Fate does, go into town, telegraph the U.S. Army Air Base, tell them what you know of Igorovich, and leave the rest to me. So he flies to the uh, house, the building there in the Arizona desert, busts through the wall this time instead of just phasing through it, just walking through it, confronts Igorovich, and once again, with the might of his fists, defeats Igorovich, carries him downstairs, defeats a couple of the lackeys, carries them all outside of the building. However, while he was doing all of this, apparently, Igorovich recovered, ran back inside, and decided that what he was going to do to defeat Dr. Fate was blow up the building, even if he himself, Igorovich, was in there. Narrator tells us, so swiftly does Dr. Fate move that he is miles from the explosion when it occurs, a split second later. Um... I don't know if he knew Igorovich was going to do that because Dr. Fate says he recovered consciousness and decided to blow us all up. So for whatever reason, he was miles away when the detonation went off. The Army Air Force planes are... Uh, he Dr. Fate encounters them as he's flying. He grabs Inza out of one of the planes that is flying with its canopy open, so it must not be flying very high little banter by the uh, pilots there about Inza and her boyfriend and everything like that. They see the 
pilots that the building has been destroyed, and that's kind of the end of the story. Ended rather abruptly, I I thought. Um, I also thought it was kind of interesting that Dr. Fate used his fists a lot more than his powers in this one. And it's starting to feel a lot more like... um, I was put in the mind of like a Captain Marvel Jr. story, Shazam, or something like that, as far as the feel and the the blah-ha-ha kind of banter and the using of the fists and everything. It just, it's starting to take on a little bit different feel than those first couple stories where it was all mysterious and magic-y and, you know, everything like that. So, to me, the tone of the stories are starting to to change a little bit for me. Uh, some quick comments on some feedback here. I want to recommend recommend. I want to uh, acknowledge recommend. Well, I don't know where that came from. Sorry. Want to acknowledge Jacob Edwards. He said great issue and episode. This is in the comments to episode thirty nine on Facebook. Eric Wilkerson Gilliard also commented, really enjoying these just between us. I hope you don't mind me telling everyone this, Eric. Uh, if you do, I apologize. I'm glad you dropped the Earth 2 series coverage. I like my Doctor Fate to be classic, in quotes. Thank you very much. Not sure what to make of the new series yet. I would agree that Earth 2 book, you know, they were trying to do a whole lot of different stuff with it. Uh, also, the what the weekly earth 2 that continued after that and then the convergence title that had the earth 2 characters and all all of that was trying to do a whole lot of things and they really didn't spend a lot of time focusing on dr fate although i think i would have been more interested in that persona of dr fate than the current one i, I i'm not too hip on the uh high school age Khalid medical student kind of whereas the uh, I believe his name was Khalid also in the Earth 2 series was an older gentleman so we'll see uh, thank you both and also another comment here for episode 42 from Van Z who said I enjoy listening to this podcast thank you Van I appreciate that I enjoy the fact that you are listening to it I appreciate that as well. All right, guys, that's it for this time. More Fun Comics Issue 72 will be the book for next episode, episode 45. Thanks for listening. Catch you later. Ciao. Lords of Order is a Teal production, and as such is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, non-derivative, 3.0 unported license. (laughs) 